our discussion is about the din of Holacha, which appears here in the end of the first parak in Maseches Vachim. And we're going to focus on two different Ha'aros, two different parts of the sugya that relate to the idea, the concept of what Holacha is. Because we already saw that Rashi and the Ramban, in the beginning of Vayikra, in Perak Aleph, Pasakei, Rashi says that when it says Vehikrivu, that Holacha is Lotafka Meklal Kabbalah. Similar to what the Gemara indicated on Daf Dalid, that there is a connection between Holacha and Kabbalah, and that Vehikrivu, that Lashon, even though it's technically referring to Kabbalah, alludes to Holacha and that there is a relationship. As opposed to the Ramban, who says, no, Holacha is a Kalvachomer from Kabbalah. And so these two slightly different ways of understanding this lead us to two different ways of thinking about the din of Holacha. On the one hand, you can understand that Holacha is preparatory for Zrika, or you could understand Holacha being its own standalone independent avoda. And you could understand those two different sides in this question, as we'll see, in different ways. So the Gemara presents a machlokas in the Mishnah of three different tanaim of what is the what is the necessity or what is the din of Holacha. According to the Chachamim, obviously, Machshava, Poselis, Baholacha, like the Gemara said on Daftalid, because you need to do Holacha. We'll have to see exactly what that means. Reb Shimon says, no, you don't really need to do Holacha. And then Reb Lezer says, it depends. When Reb Shimon says, you don't really need to do Holacha, what exactly does that mean? You don't really need to do Holacha. So the Gemara clarifies on Daf Yadalid. Reb Shlokish says, yeah, you don't need to do Holacha in every circumstance. In fact, in most circumstances, you could potentially avoid Holacha. But when it comes to Chatos HaPnimios, then you do need to do Holacha, and then the Machshava is going to be Posa. So even Reb Shemin, according to Reb Shlokish, will agree that in some limited contexts, you're going to have a Psul Machshava in Holacha. But Reb Shimon, the fact still remains, Reb Shimon thinks that Holacha is an avoda she'efshar levatla. It is a dispensable avoda. So what exactly do the Chachamim think about this? So this is one of the sveikos that the Mishnah Melech raises. Everyone here saw this amazing, fantastic Mishnah Melech in Perak Aleph, Hilchus Pesol Magdashim, Halacha Chav Gimel. So you can understand the Chachamim in different ways, and these two ways may reflect that earlier question about the nature of the mitzvah of Holacha. To what extent is Holacha really an independent, inherently valuable avoda? And to what extent is it just a hechitimtza, a mechanism to accomplish the zrika? Certainly for Reb Shimon, it's just a means to accomplish the zrika, and if you can do it in some other way, if you can be mafatalit, then great. So, one way to say is that the chachamim agree that it's really an it's an ancillary, it's a dispensable avoda. They agree that it's efshel levatla. 
They don't disagree. But what do they think? Even though it's Efshel Levala, you still have a Psalm Achshava. It doesn't mean that if you had a bad Machshava, if you actually did the Holacha, that it's not consequential. Reb Shimon holds, since it's Efshel Levala, even if you did it, if you had a bad Machshava, it doesn't matter because it's totally inconsequential by Etzem. Whereas according to Chachamim, no. Even though it's dispensable, if you did it, the machshava is tolchah. The second option is to suggest that no, the Chachamim disagree fundamentally and they don't think that this is an avoda she'ef shalavala. You can't simply dispense with holacha. Holacha is one of the four essential steps in the Avodah Saddam. If you look in the Lashon of Reb Shimon, the Lashon of Reb Shimon is Avodah She'ef Shalavatla. He doesn't tell you the Chiddush is it's an Avodah that you can be Mavatal. It sounds like he makes the assumption because it's an Avodah She'ef Shalavatla, since that's the case, therefore the Machshava Pasolus is no good. Sounds like, according to that, the Chachamah would say, <clears throat> it's true, it is an Efshel but the Machshava still stands. The fact that the Gemara introduces the line of Efshel earlier on Daf Dalid as a distinguishing factor of Holacha seems to indicate as well that even the Chachamah, the Gemara there isn't talking about Rabbi Shimon, even the Chachamah think that there's something deficient about Holacha. But there's something lacking in the in the din of Hulafa. So if you look at the Pirush of Mishnahis in the Rambam and the Tosfis in Yud Gimel Amaralfti Ramaskal Atah and the Tosfis Yuma Chavzayin Amaralfti Ramaskal Veikrivu, they all explain that this is in Achanami. An Efshar Levatla Avoda according to the Chachamim. Just, it happens to be that it's still a Chalos Avoda. If you did the Avoda, it's still Chal, and therefore there's going to be the Chalos Psul if you had a Machshava Hapuselis. In this view, you can understand how we're going to have, as we'll see in a minute, we're going to have questions about whether or not Holacha is subject to certain other rules. It's clear why that should be, because holacha, according to Chavim, is also a weaker type of avoda. There's something unusual about it by the fact that it's Efshel Levatla. Or maybe not. Or maybe not. You know, it's like one of those questions like um, like Hotza being a Malacha Grua. The fact that it's a Malacha Grua necessitates a special Pasuk. The question is, once it is included by the Pasuk, does it remain a Malacha Grua? Or is no longer a Malacha Grua. So that's part of the question here. Once you tell me that it's Avodah She'ef Shalavatla, but the Machshav is Chal, is that telling me that, no, no, now it's upgraded, or no, it's still not upgraded, it just happens to be that the Machshav HaPoselos is still Chal. But according to the other Tzad, which is the Lashon of the Sifra, if you saw the Lashon of the Sifra, Reb Meir says, E'ef Shalavatla. And that would make it sound like it's a legit Avodah, just like every other Avoda, and as we'll see, that's going to relate to the Shita of the Rambam that we're going to get to in a little bit. So, <clears throat> this issue of whether or not Efshalavatla or not 
is going to relate to the next stage in the Gemara, where the Gemara wonders about Holacha Bazar. So how did you have a Havamina that the Holacha should be Ksherah Bazar? So according to the first approach, that it's Efshel Levatla, maybe you say it's a weaker Avoda, and therefore the same way that it's Efshel Levatla, and you had a Havamina that the Psul Machshav wouldn't be Chal, maybe a Zar could be kosher for that. But according to the second one, and this question is raised here by the Karanora, how could this work? What's what's the Svara? What about the Din? This is in the Karanora Dibra Maskal Gemara Ba'amine. How did you even have such a Havamina? So, <clears throat> in Achanami, he says later in the piece that you're going to re-read that Gemara on Daf Dalid based on how you read this Gemara. And the the beautiful Hezber for this Havamina, or this Shaila, is given by Rabbi Ari Leib in Simon Ches, in the second volume of the Chidush of Ari Leib Malin, in Bedin Holacha Bazar. Because he wonders about this. How could this... How could this make sense? Where do you even have a Havamina that you can have a Tsar do one of the Dalar Avodos? How could that work? So he says, but wait a second. We know that there is a Gemara in Yuma. The Gemara in Yuma, Daph Memches, going over Daph Memches, has a discussion about Holacha Besmol. Maybe you should be allowed to do Holacha Besmol. Why is that the context? Because there it's talking about the Ketoros and Yom Kippurim, where you have the Kaf and the Machta, you have a right hand and you have a left hand, both doing the avodah. So maybe you should carry it over to the small. So Tosis there is wondering, and this is where Rabbi Yerlebalan is like, wait a second, why would you think, just because it's true for the avodah of Yom Kippurim, why would you think you would carry it over to anything else? That's a special din. So he explains that just because a psul machshava, according to the Chachamim, can be chal, that doesn't necessarily mean, even if you assume that it's an avoda she'iev shalavatla, that doesn't mean there should be a psul zaras. Why? So, not the same lines, but similar in certain ways to the distinction that Rav Stav was delineating yesterday in Shechita, which is why the Gemara is going to bring a raya from Shechita, is that you could say there are different dimensions, different aspects of a process of a carbon. So he has a particular language. Maybe your staff used, was yesterday was using different language, but it's a very similar kind of idea. He says, <clears throat> maybe you have one aspect of an avoda that it qualifies as one of the steps necessary to be machshir and matir a korban. It's part of the process. It's a process, it's a necessary element. But then, there's another possibility. And that is to say that this avoda is itself an important maisa avoda. Two different things. Even if you're going to tell me that holacha is one of the necessary steps along the way to get to the heter of the carbon, so it's lotafka mechlal kabbalah, 
it's going to be subject to machshava poselos to pigol. But that doesn't necessarily mean that it be'etzem <coughs> is an inherently valuable avoda. Maybe it's just a step in the process. So from a process standpoint, you have a psul machshava, but maybe, maybe it doesn't require a kohen. And that's the suffolk in the Gemara. Whether or not this fact that because it's part of a process, does that make it into an avoda or no? Maybe, maybe you could still have a process without a status of avoda, and the nafkamina is zar. And what's <clears throat> interesting, at least to me, what was surprising about this, which is exactly the point that Rabbi Yaleib and the Karanoah are both trying to make, is that the Gemara did not introduce Reb Shimon and the Chachamim until a later stage. The Gemara really thinks this Ibayas according to the Chachamim. So what is the suffix? What is the issue in the Chachamim? The issue is whether or not the 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 Psul Machshava Shabo translates also to a Chalos Avoda Shabo. And this says Rabbi Leib is going to re- relate L'chora to what we just mentioned before. To the extent that you think that the Chachamim agree that this is an Avoda She'efshar Levatla, then it really makes a lot of sense why it is that you should say it doesn't have an intrinsic status of Avoda. Vahara, you don't even need to do it. So for that, you have to say a Chiddush that because it's part of the process, that's what upgrades it to the status of being avoda. But inherently it wouldn't be. As opposed to, according to the tzad, that it's e'ef shalavatla, according to the chachamim, then it's easier to understand why it's not going to be acceptable with a czar, because it's e'ef shalavatla, and therefore it has the status of an avoda in the korban. And so his parallel, he points out, is exactly this idea of shechita, which is one of the steps of the Maisa Adam, it's the Dalar Avodah Adam, but it's not Be'etzem inherently an Avoda, which is what Rav Stav was saying in different words yesterday, in a different way, but the idea that shechita lav avoda, now you have a new language for it, it's not an inherent avoda that needs to be done as much as it's an avoda which is done as part of a process. You need to do that as part of the process, but it's not inherently internally an avoda. And that can explain, he says, why the Gemara in Yuma has this suggestion that small could also work for holacha. He suggests that the din yamin is a din in avodas hakarban, but when it comes to a process like holochas evarim, you not you don't require yamin, and so you can apply this same hakira in that context. So that's aleph, understanding the question of holacha that holacha is unique because holacha is part of the process, but 
certainly if you hold according to the Chachamim, it's not inherently an avoda, and that's why there's a suffix. Maybe you should allow a czar. That's point number one. Seder? Great. Point number two is the Hemshech of the Gemara, <clears throat> which introduces the question of Holacha Shaloberegel. Now, as you saw in the Mishnah Melech, this question gets more complicated in the Maskanas HaGemara, when the Gemara has the two options of Holacha Rabasi versus Holacha Zutrasi. Is this just a, a restatement of Rabasi and, and Zutrasi? It's just a restatement of the initial question of Holacha Shalobaregel, or is it a totally different question? And what exactly is that case? So the, so the Mishnah Melech gave us all those permutations. But just in terms of definition, what exactly is the Gemara's question of Holacha Shalobaregel, Shema Holacha, <coughs> or not Shema Holacha? So Rashi says that the Nafkamina of whether it's Shema Holacha or not is going to affect whether or not a psul machshava or a zar, that psul is going to be chal if you did a holacha shaloberegel. What's holacha shaloberegel? It's catching the dam and then immediately being zorik et al gabi so your feet did not move in any way. You move the dam, but you didn't move your feet. So Rashi says, this is a question when you didn't move your feet, does that constitute a maisa holacha that should be subject to these psulim? That's how. Rashi understands it. However, you saw the Shittim Gubetzis from Rabinu Peretz in Oslam Adal here in the Shittim Gubetzis. He says, no, that's not what's going on here. He says, obviously, if it's called Holacha, even though it's Shalom Beregel, that's still called Holacha. And of course, there's going to be a Chalos Paslus, even if it's Shalom Beregel. That's the assumption. So what's the Shaila? The shaila is whether or not this lechatchila constitutes holacha. Do you actually have to move your feet to be mekayim the din of holacha? That is the question. Meaning, let's say you didn't move your feet. Do we say lo shema holacha and you need to go back and move your feet? And this is also explained. This is the netia of the karanora. So now, <clears throat> in this tzad, you're going to have the interesting question of the Mishnah Melech, which is a machlokus in the Rishonim. What happens if you did mixas bekashus and mixas shaloberegel? If you think that holacha shaloberegel is the absence of holacha, so then you would say, okay, I did a holacha shaloberegel, but I still did regular holacha. But if you think somehow that holacha shaloberegel, not only is it the absence of holacha, but it's a holacha bipsul because you move the dam wrongly, so then it should be no good. And this is going to tie into the question that the Gemara has later on of efshalutkune or not. So, how do we paskin on this question of holacha shaloberegel? So the Rambam says, Aleph Chav Gimel, V'holacha Shaloberegel, Eina Holacha. So, 
I think it's noteworthy and interesting that in the Frankel Rambam there are no two dots and the Rambam has a vav. So the Rambam is connecting this holacha shalobaregel to the previous line. So you wonder, <clears throat> is that chalos psul or choser hachshir? And how did that relate to the previous line, which is interesting? So the Rambam says, "Lafichach koin shekibel es adam faamad b'mekomo v'zarkol mizbeach nifsal hazevach." So how does the Rambam understand this? The simple pshat of the Rambam, which is what the Mishnah Melech says, is that the Rambam thinks that holacha shelo beregel ain't a holacha, and therefore you have not fulfilled the mitzvah to do a holacha. And probably what the Rambam's girsa was was that holacha zutrasi kuli alma lo pligi that it's no good because that's holacha shelo beregel, and you didn't fulfill the mitzvah of holacha. The parallel Rambam was later in, where were we? Uh, where was that next Rambam? Sunam Mukdashim Yud, one second, it's Yud Gimel. Um, let's get it. The next Rambam, who discussed this? Here it is, Yud Gimel Tes. Kvar Biyarnu. So why does the Rambam split this holacha? Why does he put one in Perak Aleph and one in Perak Chav Kimmel? Probably because the Rambam is teaching you two different dinim. He's telling you, din number one, that holacha shalom regel, you're missing out on a maisa holacha. And din number two is that it's a zero. Allah Shalubaregel is a zero. And therefore any machshava that you did is not consequential. So it's interesting if you take a look in the Minchas Avram, he has two opinions whether or not this Holacha Sha'inu Tsarech is Holacha toward the Mizbeach or even away from the Mizbeach. When the Ramam thinks that you have a din of holacha that's required, assumably, again, assumably, that means moving toward the Mizbeach. Otherwise, how is that a holacha? On the other hand, it's possible, possible, that the Ramah will agree, even if you're moving away from the Mizbeach, that the act of walking constitutes a chalos of holacha in which you could have a chalos shem soul. But that's the difference between Perak Aleph and Perak Yigimel. Perak Yigimel is dealing mitzad the chalos psul shabo. Perak Aleph is dealing mitzad the requirement to have a holacha. Says the Rambam, Ketzad, Kibal Adam v'hu omid b'mekoma, u'pashat bo yado bo lezorko al-gam v'zbech v'chashem be'ishe pashat yado b'dam e'en machshav po'eles. But, Kibal Adam b'fnim v'lo holach bo l'gam v'zbech, but took it outside and he thought then, Harizu poselas. Okay. So, the Rambam is taking sides and saying, Holacha shalom v'regel, lo shmei holacha. What about the second question of the Gemara of Efshel or not? 
So the Gemara said that an indicator of the Efshel Tkuni question was in the case of Nishbach Adam Al Haritzpah, it should depend on whether or not the Dam went forward toward the Mizbeach or backward away from the Mizbeach. If it went away from the Mizbeach, so then you don't need to be misakin it. You haven't gone anywhere. But if it went toward the Mizbeach, so there was an element of inappropriate holacha, holacha shalom because you didn't carry it, so then it's subject to EF Shar Litkune. According to that Manda Amar, you shouldn't be allowed to fix it and take it back. The Ramam doesn't mention it, so it sounds like the Ramam thinks that it's EF Shar Litkune. And yet, when it comes to Zar, the Rambam doesn't think so. So this was the question that precipitated Rab Chaim's Yisod. Rab Chaim's Yisod, which is in Hilchus P'sulam Gadash and Perkid Gimel, Halachates, which is to distinguish between Holacha Bazar and Holacha Shalobaregel. Now, <clears throat> You could say this, you sowed in two ways. One way you could say is that holacha shaloberegel, it's a zero. As opposed to holacha bazar, there is a holacha, it's just a holacha bepaslus. That's one way to say this distinction. Especially in light of what we said earlier about the idea of holacha in general, according to the Chachamim, and whether or not it's an avoda or not, and the question of zar, that relates to this point. But this is the first way to say it, but it doesn't sound like Rab Chaim is saying exactly this way. Rab Chaim seems to be saying it a little bit different. It's not that holacha shaloba regel is lav klum comparison to the zar, it's that the czar creates a paslus in the carbon. As opposed to the holacha shaloba regel, it doesn't create a chalos paslus in the carbon. The lashon of Reb Chaim is In the context of the Zar, the second phrase is telling you it's not just that it doesn't exist. It's that because it's in this non-existent state, you can't have a psul being chal on it. You hear the difference? The the um, the Minchas Avram elaborates on this that the the difference is not whether it's an avoda or not. The difference is whether you have a chalos psul taking effect. That in the case of the czar, you have a chalos psul, versus in the case of the halacha shalobaregel, because it's not an avoda, there's no chalos psul happening. So the example that Reb Chaim gives is the case where it's Nishbach HaLaritzbah. Since there was no Chalos Psul, so you can fix it. 
once you take it out. And he quotes Yerushalmi to prove his point. So, what we're saying now is that Holacha Shalobaregel, it's Lavshme Holacha, and therefore there's no Chalos Psul. Holacha Bazar, there is a Maisa Holacha. It's just, it's not, uh, it's not done correctly, and therefore there is a Chalos Psul. So according to this, you follow the Rambam's opinion that you're going to split the psak of Efshalatkune or Lo Efshalatkune. That in the case of Holocha Bazar, it's Efshalatkune. But according to the Rambam, in the case of Holocha Shalobaregel, it's Efshalatkune. What does Rabbi Yochanan think, according to the Rambam? Why is it that it's Efshalatkune in Holocha Shalobaregel? If there's no Chalos Psul, because there's no Avoda. So we mentioned earlier that there was machlokas we shown him about whether miktsas holacha is acceptable according to the Rambam, according to the Manda Omar, lo shmei holacha. But according to the Manda Omar, who thinks that miktsas holacha does not help. So according to the other Manda Amar, that Miktas Holacha doesn't help you, that means that the entire Holacha needs to be done B'Kashras. So according to Rabbi Yochanan, even though Holacha Shalob B'Regel, Lo Shmei Holacha is not an Avoda, but it's still a lack. And if you say like that, the non-Riva opinion, that in a case of Holacha Shalobaregel, a little bit doesn't help you. What that's teaching you is that the entirety of the Holacha, even the part that was Shalobaregel was non-existent, is a Chisaron, because you need actually a full Holacha. Right? According to the Manda Amar, Ef Shalitkune, which is what the Ramam is saying, according to Reb Chaim's distinction, as long as you didn't have a machshava haposelis, and you only have a machshava haposelis when you have a psulzar. But if you have an, a non-entity, like the machshava that's, that's uh, that, the maisa that's non-existent, so then it doesn't create a paslis. That's Rabbi Chaim's point for the Rambam. But the other opinion, what Rabbi Yochanan will say, is that it's not enough to have 90% of the holacha and 10% be absent. You actually have to have 100% holacha be berego. Yeah. Why are you yeah, so maybe I should say it slightly differently to clarify it. To, maybe I'm saying it wrong. 
the point, the point is like this. The machlokas between Rabbi Yochanan and the Rambam and Rabbi Chaim in the Efshelot Kune is whether or not you can have a gap at all. Meaning, yes, the, the Efshelot Kune, you have to take it back because you have to have the whole thing. But that whole thing still had an interruption. The Chiddush of Rabbi Yochanan is that even the interruption itself, even if you're going to redo it, is not acceptable. The Nishbach is the Shalach Shalbarekel. Exactly. Okay. So just to summarize, what we talked about is that the first question was, what is the nature of the Mitzvah Shalacha and how that relates to the Machlokas between Rib Shimon and the Chachamim and the issue of Ev Shalavatla and Ev Shalavatla, whether or not Holacha has the same standing as every other Avoda. And as Rabbi Ali Malin pointed out, looking at the question of Holacha from the standpoint of being one of the four avodos that is Mater the Dam versus being an inherently valuable avoda in the comparison to the Gemara in Yuma. And then this second issue of the issue of Holacha Shaloba Regel with the different permutations of the Mishnah Melech, seeing how, according to the Rambam, at least for Rab Chaim's understanding, the difference between the Zar and the, and the Shaloba Regel, assuming that the Rambam assumes that Holacha Shalom Regel is Lov Shmei Holacha and Efshalat Kunei, and he probably reads the Gemara that every, that the Holacha Zutrasi is just Holacha Shalom Regel. That it's a Chalos Psul that happens through the Holacha Bazaar versus the absence of any Holacha when you talk about Holacha Shalom Regel. Seder.